What's up, everybody? Let's spend some yarn. Uh, I had the opportunity today uh, to do a couple of things. I'm going to record a couple different uh, podcasts today. But uh, the first thing that uh, happened to me today is I got the opportunity to catch up with a former sailor of mine. Uh, he made chief this past year. And uh, basically having some struggles first year, um, as we all do. And that's kind of what this is about. So um, if you're a first year chief, listen up. So I, uh, and, and I've talked about it before, but he came by uh, a little frustrated, kind of just came by to vent, uh, touch base with me. Uh, we've talked a lot. We, I was kind of, I got to kind of follow along with his season and be around when uh, he went through the initiation process. Uh, and we talked a lot about um, some of the things that he that kind of were to come. Uh, and, and we worked through a lot of kind of his uh, weak areas when he worked for me as a first class. Uh, so he went to a different submarine to be the chief. Right. And uh, he kind of came by and sat down and had a very similar conversation uh, to one that I had when I was the first year chief. And and basically what he told me was he uh, was struggling with. Um, his so his division his sailors uh, he's got a couple of junior sailors that he's struggling to relate to uh, that he's struggling to communicate with on the level that he needs to uh, to basically effectively lead them um, and, and he kind of relayed some stories to me and his frustrations um, regarding his inability to get them to kind of do what they needed to be doing right so like he's trying really hard to train them uh, to to do their job really well and he's and he's spending a lot of effort uh, trying to get them on the straight and narrow. Some of, one of them's having uh, significant personal issues, another one's having financial issues, and he's going way above and beyond uh, to to square that away and do everything he can to help them through all of their issues. Right, but he's extremely frustrated, and that he kind of feels like he's he's digging a hole and filling it back up again. Right, every time he takes you know one step forward, he takes two steps back with these guys where. Uh, he feels like he's pouring into them a lot, but he's not getting through to them. They're not listening. They're not responding. Or if they do and they kind of like square this one thing away, then it's like as soon as he turns around and, and spends attention on something else, it's like that all falls apart. And then he's right back at square one, if not worse. Right. And so we talked about a lot of that. And he as he relayed the stories to me, he was expressing his frustration in that they wouldn't listen to reason. Right. Like he was. He felt like he was shouting at the wind, like I'm telling him what to do and, and I'm, you know, leading a horse to water, but I can't make it drink, right? Like I'm telling them, you know, all these things based on my experience that they need to do and they're just not doing it and I don't understand why. And then he, he said, he's kind of relaying the communication piece and that he was uh, having trouble with a guy that kind of wanted everything to be fair and he never thought it was and he was you know complaining all the time about well this guy's doing this and that guy's doing that and why don't I get this if that guy does and and that's not fair and he's comparing himself to other people and all and all these other things and he's kind of just relaying how the communication's happening and what the sailors like voiced displeasure is and what he thinks it is and the things that they're struggling with and why they're not listening and how he's having a hard time training them. And, and it just kept going on where he, he was just venting and I kind of let him vent. And as he finished up, uh, I kind of, I kind of started relaying to him some of the struggles that I had as a first year chief. And as I was relaying those stories to him, he got this look on it, like just this big grin on his face, like I've, uh, I've heard this before somewhere and I think it was my own life, you know, where where the struggle is not unique, right? It's not unique in that we all go through it and every first year chief has struggles of some kind and 
one of the struggles is usually, and it's not every first year chief, but one of the most common struggles, and I had this problem, was figuring out how to relate to your sailors and how to kind of set your leadership, like quote unquote style aside, figuring out what motivates them, like what do they want, and then leveraging that to get them to reach their ceilings, their developmental ceilings, or as close as I can get them during, you know, their developmental ceiling for that phase of their career, right? So one of the things that it took me a long time to realize was that I'm not gonna necessarily change a person. Like I might have an effect on them that that is a catalyst for some kind of change or it's like part of a sum of a bunch of impressions that are a catalyst for change, right? Uh, but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna change someone. I'm not gonna fix them because a because they're not broken, and b because I'm not you know I'm not the leader to end all leaders, or I'm not like the person. I'm not their parents. I'm not gonna like have them forever. I'm not necessarily gonna have some like deep profound impact on them all the time. But what I do need is to motivate them to accomplish the mission, right? So there's a lot of things that we need to get them to do to make sure they're mission ready, right? Like he was having struggles with keeping the one guy financially and personally ready. So I'd kind of told him, I'm like, look, man, start studying your guys, take a long, hard look at them and just analyze what makes them tick, man. Like, what are they motivated by? What are they passionate about? What's important to them? What do they respond to? And then after you've kind of studied that, take some time and invest in leveraging those things to get them to where you need them to be right? A, you need to develop them professionally and personally. B, you need them to be motivated towards mission accomplishment. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we all just need to accomplish the mission, right? And there's a lot of different facets and and like nuances to that, right? Because in order for me uh, to accomplish a mission, I need to be taken care of, right? So he needs to do those things for them to make sure they're personally ready, they're financially ready, they're, they're mission ready, they're trained and technically competent and, and ready to go, right? So, I kind of, the first thing we talked about was just taking the time to study his guys because the whole story that was relayed to me was all the same, the same things I screwed up, which were trying to uh, just like kind of impose my, my way of doing things on someone just saying, Hey, this is the, this is the way you do this, or this is how this needs to be done. Or, you know, these are the things you need to do to fix this thing that's wrong with you or that's wrong with your situation or whatever. And it's frustrating because you generally aren't necessarily wrong in that situation, but you need to take the time to communicate them in a way that they're going to be receptive to. And and that varies from person to person in some ways, and in others it doesn't, right? Like, you need to take the time to to make them think it's a good idea. You, sometimes you need to make them think it was their idea. You kind of need to rook them into that, a little bit of inception, right? Like, kind of plant the seed, let it grow, and then make them think that that was that, their idea to fix the problem that way, right? doesn't matter who who gets credit for it. Like credit's not important so long as the problem gets fixed and that sailor progresses, right? So that's kind of the first thing. Uh, the second thing that he was real frustrated with and I had the same exact experience, which is what I relayed to him and he had that look on his face again was the frustration of, so he, he's got all this stuff going on. He feels like he just, there's not enough time in the day to devote to all the things he has to do professionally all the things he needs to do to take care of his division to make sure they're ready, the ship's ready, everything's ready to go. 
Then he stands watch at sea. He's also a, a very, it's like a very important watch station on board a, a ballistic missile submarine. It's called the Battle Stations Diving Officer Watch. So he's not just standing a normal watch, but he also has this Battle Stations watch that's a huge deal. And it sucks up a lot of his time during certain phases, right? In this last deployment he did, he was standing normal watch, and then he had to do extra because of this Battle Stations thing, and he was getting ready for an inspection, and he had these guys he was having, you know, so it, it piled up very quickly. And he did not have a lot of time to devote to uh, the stuff that he needed to get done. And and it kind of he got overwhelmed quickly. So the he's, his frustration kind of became his leadership. Right. So like the the chiefs and some of the senior chiefs and, and his his uh, CMC were kind of getting on him. Right. Like saying, hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. Why aren't you doing this? Like <laughs> and. and Giving him a hard time, right? I had the, and I, I've told this story many times where during my first year as a chief, I spent a lot of time just, and not literally, but getting figuratively punched in the face by my CMC. And uh, I didn't understand why. And I, I didn't really, I don't know if I really took the time to, to think it through or try to figure it out that much. I just felt like victimized and I was just like, I'm working so hard. I'm barely sleeping. I was getting like three to four hours of crappy sleep every night because I just couldn't get away from the division and the work center because they always needed me. I didn't have any fleet returnees at the time and I was struggling to just tread water as a, as a leading chief and making sure my guys had everything they needed and they were trained and the oversight was there and the training was there and blah, 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 right? So I, I, and I was just like, I was burning the candle at both ends. So I couldn't imagine why I was getting my face punched in because I was killing myself to get this job done. And I went and vented to a, a senior chief that was a mentor of mine. And so I got this creaky chair I'm trying to maneuver around. Um, the uh, I would go vent to the senior chief. Uh, all of these guys, the CMC that was metaphorically face punching me the senior chief everybody all these guys are still to this day uh, good friends of mine and mentors of mine that I still reach back to and have conversations with but the senior chief corman spent a lot of time uh kind of decrypting what was happening for me and what he explained to me was I was never spending any time in the chief's quarters I was never spending any time talking to the chiefs asking for help you know getting questions answered and I what I definitely wasn't doing was interfacing with my CMC at all. So I wasn't talking to him ever because I didn't think I needed to. I had a department chief for that. I He was my CMC. Like if I needed him, I'd go. It was like break glass of case for mercy, right? I'd go find him. But I didn't think I needed him for the stuff that was going on. I thought I had it handled and, I, and my division was good to go, man. Like I had it all, you know, I was spinning all the plates. My guys were squared away. Everything was taken care of. Crew was getting fed. Everybody was happy with the food, whatever, right? So uh, I didn't understand that in his mind and and this senior chief understood him very well because he took a lot of time to learn him and uh the kind of what made him tick and he said hey man you're not talking to him he never sees you so in his mind i mean you could be sleeping you could be doing whatever the whatever you want with your free time but it he never sees you and you never talk to him so in his mind he has no idea what's going on. So out of sight, out of mind, in his mind, you're not doing anything. Your division is going off the rails. Like he doesn't know. You're not coming and giving him the warm fuzzy that, you know, chief's on top of it. Chief's got a plan. Chief's dealing with things. He's like, you got to go talk to him. You got to go talk to him. And, and I stubbornly like bucked this for a while where I just kept, oh, I, I'm doing it though. I'm doing it. I got it. I don't need to, I don't need to 
tell him anything because nothing's wrong. Like, what do I need to go tell him all this stuff for? He's not going to care. Like, what does he care about this? And for the longest time, I kind of battled it a little bit. But finally, I got so frustrated with it. I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to do it just so I can tell you how dumb it is and that it didn't work. Turns out <laughs> it worked. And uh, I, you know, the, for about a week, I started going up to the to his office and just saying, hey, you know, Cobb, this is what I got going on. These are the things that I'm doing about it. Uh, this is the plan I have for X, Y, and Z. This is how I'm going to execute it. This is a timeline. This is a due date, whatever. Just wanted to let you know I'm on top of it. I got it, you know, and or if I needed something, I would ask him a couple of questions and then I'd be like, OK, I'll take care of it and I'll let you know when it's done. It took about a week and he left me alone and I stopped getting called into the chief's quarters to get yelled at and I stopped getting those metaphorical punches in the face. <laughs> um, and it was, it was an amazing thing. And, and I, as again, as I'm explaining this entire story to him, he just had this look on his face, like, my God, this is exactly what's happening to me. And he, he was getting a lot of grief and he didn't understand why. And I'm like, look, first you're getting a lot of grief because you're a young chief and you're not doing things right. And these guys are just as busy as you are. And they've got just as many important things to do as you do. But they also understand the importance of making sure that you're doing the right thing. But again, they're so busy and they're 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 going to stop to course correct you. But a lot of times it's going to come off as, you know, you're getting held accountable. It's going to come off like some stern accountability. And, and that's OK. Uh, it's maybe not the best way of communicating it, but it's effective. And what you need to do is. Don't take it as a personal affront. They're trying to course correct you. They're trying to help you. So let them help you, right? Don't worry about the tone of it. Don't worry about if it feels like you're getting punched in the face. Take the lesson out of it. What did they say? What issue or problem were they trying to address? Take the lesson out of it. Put that in your toolbox and move forward, right? They're trying to help. So the I told them that first, but then the other piece of it, it's like you got to go in there and be present and take the time to talk to them. The more you talk to them, the more they will go out of your way to volunteer the same type of stories that I just did that will help you out, right? And like, you gotta make time too, because he's, oh, I'm so busy, I don't have time. You do have time, make time. It doesn't have to be a ton of time. Spend 30 minutes in there before you go to sleep. Just sit down with the chiefs, with the with the cob, with the CMC, just say, hey, you know, this is what I got going on. These are the things that, you know, I'm taking care of or that I that are stressing me out or that I need help with. And they'll just start dispensing wisdom, man. It's what we do. And we love doing it. Like I, I love going out of my way to help. Even if we come across like, you know, short with you or stern or whatever, like we love doing it. I love doing it. I mean, look what I do in my spare time. I'm talking to you right now into this microphone. So we love doing it. Make the time. Go in there and talk to them, not just because you're going to get the wisdom and you're going to get the help, even if you don't ask for it, because we're going to immediately recognize that you need it just by the look on your face and the tone in your voice. But then understand that you being in there and you talking and you just having a presence is what gives you a voice, right? And your your sailors need you to have a voice in that mess, it's very important because when ranking boards come around, when awards boards comes around, when anything where you need to go in there and advocate for your guys or girls, when you need to go in there and advocate for your sailors, you need to have that voice. And 
like anything, like any group of human beings, it's like if you come in there and you're never in there, it's like you're going to be like the guest. Like you're going to come in and they're going to be like, oh, now you want to come in here and be a part of the mess. Right. You don't have time for us, you know, any other time except when you got to come in here and advocate. It's going to be harder. It's going to be more difficult. and Your voice is not going to be as impactful. Uh, you'll have one because you're entitled to one as a chief and as being part of the mess. But it's 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 going to help to be in there. Uh, to have that rapport with those uh, with those other chiefs, and uh, and it's going to help your guys in the long run, and girls, and that's why it's so important, right? So uh, spending that time being in there and having those conversations is a big deal, um, and that's just the the kind of like the big picture point that I I kind of left him with as he had to take off was like your struggle is not unique, right? And that's why it's so important to draw on the collective experience of that group of people. Uh, that leadership, and anyone can do this. This isn't just for the first-year chiefs, right? Go into the chiefs' quarters and ask questions. Like, it, for all our flaws, which have been so eloquently highlighted by anyone with uh, Navy Times email address lately, it, if you go in there and you ask for the help, it's like, we can't help it. Like, we just, we just want to, like, dispense that wisdom or knowledge or whatever. We want to go out of our way to help you out. And if you go in there and ask that question, you're going to you're going to hear all these experiences that you didn't even know we had until you come in there and put yourself in that position. And it's because your experience is not unique. When I say that, what I mean is we've all gone through something very similar or one of us has gone through something very similar. All the answers are in the mess. They are. Like I'm telling you right now, if I don't have it, I know somebody that does or they know somebody that does and I will just keep calling and asking and reaching out and shooting up flares until I have the answer. And in the age of social media and smartphones, it does not take long, right? So understand that that asset is there for you and that's what like we talk about it and we talk about it and we talk about it, but for whatever reason, it usually takes the better part of your first year as a chief to really recognize just like what it is, how it can be leveraged and that it really is there for you. It's not just something we talk about during the season. Uh, Chiefs just really don't understand. And and part of it's humility. Like they just don't understand that you, the way that you use it is you go in there with a little humility and you kind of like you're, that's the place where you're allowed to go in, sit down, look a little defeated, put your face in your hands and then just like start venting and say, I need help. And then help will come guaranteed. And if you don't get it from the first place you go, go somewhere else, contact me, reach out to a mentor, like you will get it. Um, but it, I'm telling you, you, you it, as, as a first year chief on your ship, submarine, air wing, whatever, that's what it's there for. You go in there, you ask those people for help, you're going to get it from someone, I promise. And, and kind of just knowing that that's there for you, that that collective experience in that room has gone through the same thing you're going through, has been where you are and fully understands it from like the beginning to the end and then in retrospect has all the angles. Your experience is not unique to just you. You are not on an island. Go in there and ask for help and you will get lifelines thrown at you until you're overwhelmed by lifelines. All right, the help is there. So use it, take advantage of it, uh, including us if you need anything. Hit us up. Don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us at don't give up the shit podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram at DGets Podcast. Hit us up if you need anything. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I, I got to do another cool thing that I'm going to record uh, something about as well. I got to grab my notes for that. Uh, and then I am working. I'm probably, 
little less than halfway done with the uh, Navy app locker outline. And that's coming up uh, next for the full length episode. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>